Ladies and gentlemen, fourth and trollers, welcome back to fourth and troll fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have an awesome show for you guys today. We are swinging into week five, just following up a thriller of a Thursday night football game. We got a great show. It's going to have a few things fun, a few things just straight up depressing having to recap that Thursday night game. But Wes, first things first, how's it going? I think I hate football. (laughs) (laughs) I think I hate football now. I think it's official. I'm done done watching football. (laughs) I'm moving on to cricket. Yeah, I mean... Gosh, I, how are you? (laughs) Well, you know, I got some good, I got like a solid, like six hours of sleep. So I got like six hours of staring at my eyelids, which was more entertaining than watching that game. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'm better than I was, Um, but my goodness, that was just, uh, why does, why does primetime football suck now? I every one of them has been like, well. The Dolphins, of them the Dolphins, Bengals was was competitive. I'll say three of them have been good. Dolphins, Bengals was good. I'll say Bucks, Chiefs was good and just fun because it's a lot of points being scored and primetime football with Brady and Mahomes. Fun times there. Yeah, and I'll say Chiefs, Chargers was also good. But my yeah. goodness, yeah. we are thirteen games. 13 primetime games into the season and three of them have been good. Oh man. Yeah. It's, you know what? What? Just make every single football game on like Monday morning at 3 AM. So no one has to watch. (laughs) We just check fantasy football scores on Monday morning. And then that's how we know. It's, you know, okay, we have, we'll have to get to fantasy soon, of course, when we get through the show, but it's just so frustrating how boring the Broncos are. Like, the Colts, I think, are just not good, but gosh, the Broncos are so boring to watch. Yeah, and they and shouldn't be. They, we thought this was going to be one of the best divisions in the Prime history of the division. NFL. High and, scoring. And, oh, my and gosh. Chiefs. Chiefs are fulfilling the promise. The Chargers, I think the Chargers are doing fine there. They they finally put something together against the winless Texans. But like the Raiders are one in three, and that one victory is to the Broncos, who I I cannot name a team I like watching less than the Broncos because even. I mean, Al Michaels is trying to make a joke out of it. He was like, you know, sometimes a bad game isn't so bad. Am I right? And Kirk was like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but sometimes watching like the 0-16 Lions was like, wow, they're getting blown out. That's yeah. kind of fun. Like this, this just is just like this wow. just sucks. Is it and I think Nathaniel Hackett is is a really bad coach. Yeah, I think he's not a good on, coach. I think that's honestly like a real I honestly think it's a big piece of it. I I agree, and we'll and get to the players Wilson, in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the well, players in a little bit. Let's just do that. Bit, then. But let's yeah, get the players. Let's, you know, to quote Robert Griffin the third. Yeah, you know, as he tweeted out, 
Uh, we all deserve a free month of Amazon Prime for having to watch that game. Amen. <sighs> Amen. You know what? You know what, Sash? Before we before we move on, is that next Thursday night is the Commanders versus the Bears. I mean, it can't get worse, right? I sure hope like, it, it can't doesn't. get worse. It can't get worse than that. God, I hope I don't not. know. I hope not. Anyways, <laughs> we have a great show for you guys today. We're going to go over Thursday night football. We're going to talk about some potentially unknown players in the fantasy world right now that you should keep your eyes on. We're going to call that deep cuts. And then we'll go through our starts and sits for week five players. You might be on the fence about and finally close it out with some studlies and dudleys. We're going to do some studs and duds. All right. Let's do a little detox here. Wes, what do we need to know as far as news in the NFL as we are going into week five? Well, we have a few star players that have missed practice this week. Keenan Allen, DeAndre Swift, and Jameis Winston all missed practices. Both DeAndre Swift and Jameis Winston, we kind of expected they weren't going to play. So seeing a missed practice this week isn't surprising. They're unlikely to play. However, Keenan Allen missed two practices and he's still recovering from his injury in week one. So I don't know how long he's going to be That's out. That's confusing, and- by the way. Yeah, it is confusing. Yeah. That's confusing because it was like he got hurt in week one and they're like, well, he might be ready for Thursday night football. Yeah. And now we're like four weeks later and it's like, yeah, he's probably not going to play. And it's like, oh, well, okay. Well, it's frustrating as fantasy owners because they didn't put him on IR because they just expected him to keep playing. But here we are. It's like precautionary take or what with him. And I'm assuming that's what it is. But that's just a very puzzling situation. Yeah. I hope if you did end up getting Joshua Palmer or somebody early on that it's paying off because – Right now, that's the only receiving core outside of Mike Williams. Uh, In New England, Brian Hoyer was placed on IR, speaking of that, which means that the Patriots will start rookie Bailey Zappi Mm -hmm. until Mac Jones is healthy. And, you know, he didn't look too bad. Bailey, delay of game, Zappy, baby. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Come on. Terrible call. Non-call. Yeah. Yeah, So that's going to be the situation for any of you that have – uh, any Patriots receivers and, you know, I'm not, I'm never expecting anything big from new England for fantasy stats, but anyone that may think about starting him, it's going to be Bailey Zappi under center. Uh, we have a few limited practice participants as well for star names, Alvin Kamara, Marquise Brown, and Chris Godwin all had limited practices yesterday on Thursday. Kamara is slowly recovering from that rib injury, but he seems to be trending the right direction to be playing this week. Marquise Brown is dealing with a foot injury, and today's report should give clarity on his Sunday status, but he also has been playing with some kind of injury, and he's been playing great, so he's likely going to be playing. However, Chris Godwin has been nursing a wound for most of this year, and he's just trying to rest so that Brady gets as many weapons as possible. And speaking of Brady, old Tom Brady, Tomathan Broodwy, I think is his official name. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady is dealing with a shoulder injury and a finger injury. Reports say he's feeling fine. He misses Wednesday practices regularly. He should be good to go. Nothing to be too concerned about, but he did miss practice on Wednesday. Has an injury. Full participant yesterday and Thursday, but that's it for week five. And now I delayed this, installed it as much as I can because now we have to talk about Thursday night. Yeah, I let's think just we have to. Let's just go over the I don't know, some must starts, risky starts, and don'ts. Yeah, you sound I mean, so annoyed. It's just this <laughs> game was just this. so. This game 
gave me unusual bowel movements, Wes. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what to, I don't know what I just experienced on Thursday night, but uh, yeah, I'll tell you, you know, the highest scoring fantasy player was Chase McLaughlin with 17 points. Oh yeah, baby. Let's go. Let's go. We called it. We called it. He was the must start right now. Our must starts were Cortland Sutton and Michael Pittman Jr. Listen, you're not going to lose your fantasy week on 12.4 points and 10.9 points. You know, it, 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 they didn't necessarily dud, but it was, you know, maybe a little more expectation there. Each of them got a great target share. They, and they you know, thank the good heavenly Lord above that Corlin Sutton was the one that came down with that. Oh, uh, yeah. Long catch. I think it was, yeah, I uh, felt kind of bad for that other receiver because Sutton, like, they, got, they went to the ground and Sutton kind of looked at him and was like, no, this is my my ball. This is mine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but he, he got up aggressive. from it and was like, was like, hey, good play. And I'm sure the guy was like, yeah, I know, good play. I carried the ball to the ground for you. There you go. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no. I mean, 11 targets for Cortland Sutton, eight targets for Michael Pittman Jr. Um, you know, they're both still – the the quarterback for their team's guy you know they're still going to those guys going to them there maybe we look a little bit further elsewhere in indianapolis alec pierce their rookie looks pretty good uh making a lot yeah. of good plays and bailing out matt ryan honestly a lot but uh as far as must starts goes you know as i said 12.4 points and 10.9 points you're not going to lose your weeks on that they didn't give you you know 3.3 you know like last week but the, you wanted the, a little more. The annoying thing is that that was actually, those are two of the highest scoring players from Thursday night. Like this isn't, yeah, this we didn't miss the mark. Game. Like those, those were actually two of the best options from the whole game. Yeah. I mean, another high score here was another, you know, a guy I said was a risky start just because we weren't sure what things were going to look like. Wes, your risky start was Latavius Murray. He didn't play. So that's a little, no. uh, we are omitting that submission for risky. Start. Yeah. And I didn't think about it. Someone made a good point, which was that he just played in London. So he has yeah. that long travel, the, you know, the yeah. uh, lag jet lag, and then brand new offense, brand new playbook. Yeah. I should have thought about that a little bit more, but I do think Latavius Murray may see some more uh, just like Mike Boone had some good opportunities, but Melvin yeah. Gordon led the team by far and large with, with carries. Yeah. It is Melvin Gordon's backfield is what it seems like. Melvin Gordon was my risky start. He finished with 13.3 fantasy points. I was in a situation where I had to start him because Jonathan Taylor was announced that he was out. So I had to start him 13.3 points is a serviceable, serviceable score fantasy output from a RB two or flex play, you know, absolutely. So, not necessarily disappointed there, but he did get uh, more than 50% more carries than Mike Boone. Again, we think Latavius Murray is probably going to take over that second running back role. I know Mike Boone plays a lot of special teams. And so there was a stretch there in the third or fourth quarter where Mike Boone was like just on the field a lot. And it came right. It was weird because there's that one drive where they had like four plays and it was four runs and they moved like 40 yards down the field in four plays. And it was like, it just was fantastic. Plays. And it was like, it was really strange. Cause it was like Melvin Gordon started off that drive and he was running really well. And then it was like, well, Mike Boone's in. And then Mike Boone just took the rest of the drive. And so, you know, maybe Melvin Gordon left some points on the board there for you, for your fantasy football team. But 
all in all, not disappointing, 13.3 points there. Um, he was equally used in the passing game as well, just as Mike Boone was. They each had three targets and three catches. So, yeah, I think Melvin Gordon, I mean, his leash is may, might be a little longer here. He had that play where he fumbled, but he was down, and I, I saw that ball pop out, and I went, no, 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 no. Yeah. Thankfully, he was down. And I honestly, I actually think it was the ground that caused the fumble, but um, I think his leash may be extended a little more with Nathaniel Hackett, but it does seem like he's going to be the guy from here on out, barring an injury or being outplayed, or if he quite literally fumbles away the job. So got him, got him (laughs) bounce onto our don't starts here. Naeem Hines, man, tough seeing just, yeah. So many people really since week Sunday, week three, it's been a lot of people have been going down with head injuries is what it's or, or displaying side effects that would lead you to believe it was a head injury. That motor uh, gross, I believe it was gross motor instability is, is the, yeah. the way the, the, the technical term they're calling it, but you know, he's getting up and stumbling there. And so, Definitely best wishes to him, but he was injured after their first drive. So did not play there. So Wes, great call. Hope you didn't start him. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks Um, guys. (laughs) Another guy there that I called don't start after a massive week was Mo Alley Cox. And just guys, the numbers don't lie. It's he had a boom week four, but yeah, no one target, one catch seven yards. Very impressive uh, prediction, Noah, because that is a complete flop for fantasy. Yeah. I mean, the whole game it's was just, a flop, yeah, but that is flop, but that completely. I know some people were interested in him as a streamer, but yeah, hope you did not start him there in your tight end spot because you are starting in a bit of a hole for week five in fantasy football. A couple of the guys real quick. We already talked about Mike Boone. He finished off with 11.5 fantasy points. Like we said, we do think Latavius Murray probably – does go ahead and lower Mike Boone's fantasy value there. I don't think uh, Mike Boone will see as much work, but also Nathaniel Hackett is a bit of an effing wild card. So I have no <laughs> idea what he is going to do. <sighs> it is but worth anyways, noting yeah. with Mike Boone that he averaged five and a half yards a carry. He's and Melvin very Gordon had with it. Yeah. three and a half yards a carry. So that's just something to note that it's yeah. not completely like Melvin Gordon's the owner but it is his backfield to lose. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Mike Boone. I know some people may have been playing him in a flex spot or as a flex role this week, cause they were in a bit of a tough spot. You're not disappointed with 11.5 fantasy points from Mike Boone on a short week when they're trying to figure out that offense. So, and again, we mentioned Alec Pierce finished with 16.1 fantasy points. He had eight catches for 81 yards on nine targets. Like I said, he, he, bailed out Matt Ryan a good bit. Matt Ryan had oh, some, some terrible throws and really Alex bad throws pulled those in um, specifically one that Bradley Chubb had gotten his hand on there. And it was just Matt Ryan, just with the momentum of his arm, just throw up a duck and somehow Alec Pierce came down with it, but probably worth a waiver ad, maybe just because of the targets, you know, he out targeted Michael Pittman jr. Maybe he should have a spot on your benches, maybe in deeper leagues, maybe not in like 10 man leagues, but in a 12 man league, I don't have an issue with you adding Alec Pierce just in case he does keep getting this target kind of target share on this offense. He could definitely convert some of those into touchdowns as well and get you a bigger week there. But 
let's go ahead and break down these quarterbacks because do we have to? I mean, no, it's our <laughs> podcast. We know whatever we want, but combined, they had sure. 15.3 fantasy points between the two of them, which That's is just terrible. terrible. It's Russell Wilson with 9.16, 9.16, Matt Ryan with 6.14. It's just these guys just, it, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. These guys, these offenses look terrible and for the Colts, I kind of get it, but it's like, you're, you know, you're missing your biggest offensive playmaker. And even he hasn't been a huge shining star this year, but just, I don't understand why the Broncos why the Broncos suck. I don't get it. And I think it's Nathaniel Hackett, but I don't know, but also Russ is not to go without blame here. Cause they had the, I I I I'm in a, I'm going insane talking about this play, but that final play of the game, oh, I don't know why KJ Hamler's wide open on that play because it is a pick play, it is a pick play. Jerry Judy set the pick on the right out on the right side of the field for KJ Hamler. He set the pick. He it was natural. It looked really clean. And don't think it would have been called back for a penalty. There was no flag thrown. Nothing like that. KJ Hamler is wide open on a designed pick play. And Russell Wilson isn't even looking to that side of the field. I don't know how the man you're designing the play to get open for is not the first read on that offense or on that play. I don't, I don't get it. I I had to scroll back to see what happened because the last thing I saw at the end of the broadcast was this slow-mo shot of KJ Hamler in the back of the end zone with his helmet in his hands, like slamming it over and over again on the ground, just furious. And so I had to scroll it back and go, okay, what did I miss? Because like he had to have just been wide open. Right. And lo and behold, he was, and I don't understand. I don't understand if it's like, like, is the, is the altitude making Russell Wilson's football IQ go down? (laughs) Like, I don't get it. I don't understand. It's, It's, it's infuriating. It's painful. It's painful. Like, I mean, so painful. I'm no offense to Matt Ryan, but this is much less of a surprise him doing this poorly than it is Russell Wilson because everything is there. Everything is set up for him in Denver to succeed. And he's still playing so bad. I I, I don't understand. I don't understand that. I mean, if you just more to your point of that final play on that fourth and one in overtime, it's just, he literally never takes his eye off of Cortland Sutton, which yeah. for us, Cortland it's Sutton like, owners, nice, awesome. cool, thanks. He's but looking at bad. Cor- <laughs> like, great. Like, but it's like, you're covered. You're, you're covered. Like, you're, yeah. like, it's ridiculous. Also, just something worth observing and noting. Why Please. does Russell Wilson keep getting screwed over by non-run <laughs> calls? Like, obvious play calls that should be runs, right? I'm not crazy about that, right? No, I don't. I don't know why they threw it. Should have been running. I don't know why they threw it in that situation on third and one or whatever it was. You, the worst case scenario is you don't pick up the first down, and that clock runs the two minute warning, and you kick a field goal and you go up by six, and you make them score a touchdown to win the game. What are you doing, Nathaniel? How do you not run the ball? Run the ball, yeah. But you watch this whole game, this whole night. The other team has put up six points in 60 minutes of football. How do you not think that like, 
oh man, you know what? I saw Matt Ryan get a little bit of extra power in his system over there on the sideline. I think he's going to go crazy. No, run the ball. Richard Sherman was furious after the game. He had flashbacks to the Super Bowl. It was, I don't get it. I don't understand. Let me ask one, one question and then, and then we'll move on. Yeah, to the rest enough of, of ranting, but yeah, what's one, up? One question here. With all of our frustration with the Broncos, and everyone is sharing this frustration, I think we're okay with Cortland Sutton, but what do you do about Jerry Judy? Um, do we turn away from him? Do we move on because Russell Wilson is so, you know, you can't depend on him. He's, he's consistently playing bad. I mean, I'm sure people are ready to just cut Russell Wilson from their fantasy teams. And yeah, I don't even know. Jared, if, pick if up Jared gonna, Goff. I, oh, I love Jared Goff. I would yeah. love Jared Goff over almost over Russell any Wilson. quarterback, yeah. honestly. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But Russell Wilson, I mean, people are probably going to drop Russell Wilson after this game, and I don't think he's going to get picked up. Yeah, probably I mean, not. What do I we mean, do about Jerry Judy? Because there I mean, should be something him. for that. You don't cut him. He still had eight targets in the game. He still, it's, it's, that's, you know, the opportunity is there at the end. Yeah. The opportunity is there, but it just, this offense as a whole struggles so much that it feels like it feels like Cortland Sutton is the only person that should be locked into your lineup every single week from this offense. And, and that includes Russell Wilson, I think. Maybe you make the case, maybe you make the case for Melvin Gordon just because of the opportunity he's getting, but we're going to have to see what happens, but it's just, it, you don't, you don't cut Jerry Judy, but at the same time, you're not like, it's, I think he's just like a bi-week fill-in for a wide receiver at this point, because I don't, I'm not going to feel confident starting him, you know, unless he, you know, in a great week one. Great week one. He had the long, oh, yeah. you know, 67 yard touchdown or whatever it was against Seattle. I think a lot of us were like, oh, I think we we even said, I think, you know, we, we debated on which one it was going to be. And I think we both said, well, I think it's both. And yeah. it's not. It's Cortland Sutton. And that's pretty much it. So Jerry Judy yeah. remains on benches, but it's be tough to tough to trade Judy too. After yeah. I mean, if he strings weeks. together a couple good games. Maybe, but then at the same time, it's like, well, maybe, maybe they're finding their stride. You know, you don't, you just never know. So, yeah. What a dampering way of starting off this episode. Of <laughs> <West>. <laughs> All right. Thank God we're done talking about that. Let's get into something a little bit fun here. Wes, we've been talking about some players that we've got on um, maybe our watch list or people that we're observing here. They're pretty deep cuts of guys that, you know, maybe they're not even in a waiver priority or anything like that. But our goal with this is to try and get everybody ahead on, Hey, maybe, maybe you pick this guy up a week earlier because I think maybe we're seeing some, some progress here. Uh, so Wes hit me with your deep cut. Who is your deep cut? Yeah, I have, I've loved this guy in preseason and I'm going to talk about one of my favorite wide receivers from preseason, Andy Isabella. Oh. He had a wonderful preseason this year. He was on the Arizona Cardinals, 23 targets, 14 catches, 226 yards, including a 74-yard catch and run. If you really want to, you can go check out his uh, – I made notes of it when pre- during preseason that week two, week three, Isabella looked fantastic. He was just cut by the Cardinals, 
but he was immediately signed to the practice squad in Baltimore. And with the way that their receiving core has kind of gotten off to, they started out hot week one, both Bateman and Duvernay looked fantastic. And since then it has been a steady decline, including some injuries with, with Rashad Bateman. If Andy Isabella is elevated from the practice squad onto the roster and even gets his way into wide receiver three, I think there's a shot that he actually brings some productivity to Baltimore. It, it would at least help lighten the load from Mark Andrews and especially Lamar Jackson from having to do everything on offense. J.K. Dobbins is starting to get back in after some uh, mispractices the week before, but now he's a full participant in practice this week. I would like to see Andy Isabella shine in Baltimore. I think it says a lot that they were immediately he's cut from, from Cardinals. Let's go get him. Let's get this guy. So that's for me. He's my deep cut. Just keep your eye on him. See what happens in the next week or so on Andy is Andy Isabella. I like it. I think he's definitely, you know, I'm big on opportunity. I think I've talked about that a lot in this podcast. And I think he has a decent opportunity being, you know, we've seen how, you know, Guys, Rashad Bateman was a my guy, and, you know, barring him burning Xavier Howard for a long touchdown, there hasn't been much flash for him on this offense. It really does seem like this passing game just goes through Mark Andrews, and the guy that I publicly ridiculed has been Devin Duvernay, who's <laughs> kind of been pretty good in fantasy. He's been a decent flex play. So I like the opportunity that Andy Isabella has. Wes, I'm going to give you a little list here real quick. Please just for fun, because I want to to reference this. So Andy Isabella was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in the second round of the 2019 NFL draft, the 62nd overall pick. They took Andy Isabella. I'm going to give you a list of wide receivers that were taken after Andy Isabella was drafted. This is a player who could have been, you know, in the same draft class as Kyler Murray, buddy, buddy with him, you know, developing rapport in their entire career. After Andy Isabella was drafted, the Seattle Seahawks took DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. I remember, the I remember that. The Pittsburgh Steelers drafted Deontay Johnson. The Washington Commanders drafted Terry McLaurin. The the Las Vegas Raiders drafted Hunter Renfro. Mm, mm, I mean, okay. maybe a similar type player there, but definitely has been a bigger name than Andy Isabella has. Those are yeah. four guys that were taken after him, after Andy Isabella was drafted. Wild. So I, you know, for the sake of not being looked at as the way that I just looked at him as, oh my goodness, what did the Cardinals miss out on when they drafted him instead of some of these other guys? <laughs> For the yeah. sake of that, I hope this deep cut hits, and I hope that he does go ahead and become a, 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 at least a decent option for Lamar Jackson. Andy Isabella has freakish speed. He is so fast, so he may become a sort of a deep threat if he gets the opportunity for it. So I like it. It's a good deep cut. Yeah, I like I like it too. And again, just for our deep cut segment, we're not encouraging you to go hit the waiver wire and get these guys right away, but include them to your watch list. Keep an eye to see if there's any kind of uptick in their production. So yeah. I too hope to see any Isabella start to make some progress here in Baltimore. Uh, Noah, will you please share with the class your deep cut? Yes, Mr. Selby, I will share my deep cut with the class. My deep cut 
is Rashad White, running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a guy that I'm keeping my eyes on right now, and he's a guy that was getting a lot of conversation as far as the fantasy football world goes in, in the preseason. You know, a lot of people are saying, you know, the Bucs really like Rashad White. They really want to do something with him. You know, over the first three weeks, that maybe that didn't completely prove true. But in week four, he he seemed to be carving out a role for himself on this Bucks offense. He's coming off of a week where he got nearly 40% of the running back snaps for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the most he's gotten since week one, where he had 27% of the running back snaps. Don't get me wrong. Like Leonard Fournette is certainly still the main guy, but Rashad White does seem to be making a little bit of a name for himself in this offense. He's coming off his best fantasy football week, putting up 14.6% fantasy points in their loss against the Kansas city chiefs. But I think he could maybe make some standalone value for himself. You know, maybe this, maybe something happens here. Certainly if anything were to happen to Leonard Fournette health wise, Rashad white does seem to be a guy that could step into a bigger role and seems to have the seal of approval from Tom Brady, especially getting five targets on Sunday night football against Kansas city chiefs. So just keep an eye on Rashad white, just a guy that we're, a little bit interested in that I'm a little bit interested in, you know, if, if something were to happen to Leonard Fournette, Rashad White definitely could see himself in an expanded role. And I think he would do well in that situation. I like that a lot because I'm not saying that Rashad White would get the 20 carries that Leonard Fournette is getting, but Leonard Fournette is carrying the ball like 20 times in a few of these games. Right. And so just the, the fatigue and battle wounds he's going to get because they have to be carrying the ball, especially with all their continued wide receiver injuries. They're going to keep leaning on Leonard Fournette. And, you know, there may, he may have to be taken out a couple of times. You know, I, I like that. I just keep your eye on him. That's, that's worth keeping an eye on for watching. A hundred percent. Definitely some deep cuts there, but definitely some guys that we think you should be keeping your eyes on. Let's move on to starts and sits, Wes. And these are going to be guys that you guys probably do have rostered and are probably kind of on the fence about. And we're hoping we can give you a little bit of clarity on some of these players. So, Wes, who is going to be your start of the week? I am ready to start Adam Thielen. After seeing two successful weeks back-to-back, week four, week three, he has really come into his own as the secondary option in Minnesota. Now, obviously, there was a time when Adam Thielen was the guy. He may have been first-round pick a couple years ago in fantasy. I don't remember exactly how many years ago, but he tied Calvin Johnson's record for most consecutive 100 games. And even when Stefan Diggs was there, they were kind of sharing this primary role. Well, now Justin Jefferson is dominating, and Adam Thielen is up there in age, so he doesn't have that same kind of potential. But he's doing a fantastic job, I think. And and more of that, he's probably the most consistent picker. He's he's regularly seeing targets. He is making use of his catches. He has been a third down target for this team. And I'm saying consistent playmaker because you know week one and week four were fantastic for Justin Jefferson, but week two and three single point in games. Dalvin Cook is yet to get going. And one wonderful thing for Adam Thielen owners is that he has seen more targets than the last game in each game. So each game, he's getting one more target at least the next time. So I'm not saying it's going to be 
He's going to finish. It'd be week 18. He's going to have 73 targets or something, but I mean, he's been involved. He's part of this passing game. I I like a lot what I'm seeing with Adam Thielen and depending on your team, he could just stay in your flex spot and that just be it for Minnesota, you know, receiving core, get Adam Thielen locked in. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to keep starting Adam Thielen. I like it. I like Adam Thielen. I like Adam Thielen a lot recently. He's a guy that I actually just acquired as an extra piece in a trade. And so you give me good insight here, Wes. I'm excited to, uh, to, to maybe play a little bit of a, you know, back and forth game here, but I'm going to tell you my start for this week. And it actually uh-huh. is a guy that I am starting and I hope you all will start him with me because it is, because it is my good friend, Romeo Dubez. Oh, it's Romeo Dobbs, wide receiver for the Green (laughs) Bay Packers. He is a start this week. If we all know one thing for certain about Aaron Rodgers, it's that once you earn his trust, good things are in store. Romeo Dobbs has a 25% target share over the past two weeks. It's the most on the team over that time span. And over the whole season, he leads the team in targets, catches, routes run, yards, yards after catch, targets in the red zone, target share, and touchdowns on the season for the Green Bay Packers. It certainly seems like Romeo Dobbs has earned the trust of Aaron Rodgers and that he is going to continue to see this outlet, this output and, uh, and be a really solid player in fantasy football for you. He goes up against the Giants this week in London. Oi, oi, he's, he's going playing against, in London. He's playing Giants in London, yeah? Oi, Saquon Barkley. Do you hear me, Tony, there, yeah? I can't believe, I can't believe me knickers. <laughs> <laughs> he's playing against the Giants this week. Believe it or not, the Giants allow the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. But the only wide receiver, like, of... I, I was shocked. So I needed to go look at things because I, it just, that doesn't really check out. If, if, you know, if you're asking me, sure. The only receiver really of merit that they've gone up against is CD lamb who just put up nearly 23 fantasy points on them. So they played the bears who Justin Fields throws the ball four times a game and the the Panthers who it's Baker Mayfield. So (laughs) bummer. And also they played somebody else, but it wasn't a good game. I I remember that. Very certainly that it wasn't a good wide receiver game for them. Romeo Dobbs is coming off his second straight week of eight plus of eight targets, sorry, not eight plus of eight targets and a touchdown in each of his last two weeks. He's averaging 17.5 fantasy points. I like Romeo Dobbs to have a really solid game against the Giants on Sunday morning in London. Oi. Oi, bruv. In London. I, put, him I in think the, it's... put him in your lineup. I think it's probably too late to make a trade for Romeo Dobbs. I mean, I unless so. unless you package him and and you're trying to get some kind of blockbuster trade, I think I think that ship has sailed. And I think we all know that the tide has turned. We are in a an era where Romeo Dobbs is the best receiver in Green Bay. Yeah, it certainly and feels that way. Talking about and preseason earlier is that he has one of the most popular catches next to, you know, George Pickens, uh, one of the most popular catches from preseason. So he has been, there's been a tension around him for a while. And it's, so it's really great to see that he's actually fulfilling this and he 
is proving himself. I know Aaron Rodgers has already talked about him many times in media conversations. So yeah, I, I would love to start Romeo, Ro- Romeo Dubay. Romeo Dubay is, yeah, he is yeah. in my lineup this week. Wes, let's be a little disappointed though. Who's going to let us down? Sure. Tell me who your sit of the week is. I'm going to sit Tyler Algier. I just told you all, I just told you all to get him, but don't start him. (laughs) It's, it's for one very simple reason. It's his first start in the NFL and he's going against the Bucks defense. Yeah. And this is now the third time in five weeks. I've encouraged you or rather discouraged you from starting a running back against the Buccaneers. And the first time I said it was Ezekiel Elliott week five got 5.9 points. Second time I said it was week three, Aaron Jones. I said he'd be a dud, probably wouldn't get his 13-point projection. Well, he didn't. He got 5.7 points. Now, I'm not reading into too much about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire 22-point performance against the Bucks last week because the Chiefs, newsflash, are better than the Falcons. So... This Are is they? not the same. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna mark my words. <laughs> no, that's a cow. That's not a real one. But I will say that that it's it's a different. I mean, a division game, sure, whatever. But just just for this week, just know that you didn't make a bad decision with your waiver wire. If Tyler Algier and my guest doesn't do well this week, just know this. I'm going to say don't start him. I have him in several leagues and I'm starting. I'm not starting him in any of those leagues. However, on the flip side, you want to get a little creative, a little competitive. Take advantage. If you didn't get him, take advantage of this. Go make a trade after a pretty bad week against the Bucks. So for me, this first starting performance with Tyler Algier, I think is going to be a dud, a sit. And then uh, and then next time he'll be fine. So that's my set for week five. You mean to tell me that you don't think after Ezekiel Elliott had a bad week and Aaron Jones had a bad week against his Bucks defense, that the fifth round rookie from BYU is not going to pop off? Dude, call me crazy, but Tyler Algier is not going to do that great, dude. Not nah, freaking don't even out. don't even at me, dude. It checks out, but it's going to be hilarious if he has like a 30 point week. Imagine. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of Imagine course. he's in our hyped up segment. Yeah. Yeah. That would be hysterical. No, I like it. Just, and, and honestly, it, not even really just the opponent matters here, but also it, it's probably just precautionary. No matter who they were playing, they probably just keep him out of your lineup for his first start. His running mate, Caleb Huntley, that is the third stringer behind them. He was the one who scored a touchdown last week, but he wasn't getting the kind of the kind of work that it seems like Algier is going to get. So, you know, just probably smarter to just keep him out of the lineup. So I like that, Wes. It's a good sit for week five. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Let me hear your sit for week five. Yeah, my sit is going to be Jamal Williams running back for the Detroit Lions. I know. How can you sit the, the RB6 on the season? I know he's been awesome. He's been awesome. He's averaging Just nearly 18 real, fantasy points per game. Real quick, how crazy is it that he's RB6? Unreal. That is nuts. Unbelievable. What, what dimension he's, are we in? We're, we're four games into the year, and he's already tied his season high, his career high for rushing touchdowns in a single season. 
It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> He's gotten an expanded role recently since DeAndre Swift has been wrestling with that shoulder injury. And that expanded role probably should continue this week, but I'm not bought in on Jamal against a really tough Patriots run defense. It's allowing just 10.6 fancy points per game. So I, I'm going to keep him on benches and leagues that I have him. I think I have better options because it's Jamal Williams. So you didn't, you know, he wasn't somebody that you invested a ton of stock into when you took him, he was probably a really late draft pick or a waiver ad when you got him. So you probably have a comparable option, maybe somebody with a better matchup. And I think probably I would play the matchup here just because, you know, this, you know, while this Detroit lions offense is sick and incredible, and they're averaging like 35 points a game, I think, Belichick with a rookie quarterback could just try and slow this game down and it could actually be a low scoring game. And maybe Jamal doesn't do too much, especially against a better defense. So don't be shocked if Jamal is a letdown this week. I'm going to go ahead and sit Jamal Williams. I think that's a fair point just because we saw what Belichick did with, with Bailey Zappi actually against the the Packers and yeah. And, you know, it was a close affair and, you know, we've seen it before where somehow some way Belichick, I could found a way to win. Um, and, you know, I, I think it is possible. I think it is entirely possible. I'm, I'm willing to buy that, that, you know, Belichick finds a way to say, okay, who's the best playmaker in this offense right now? It's Jamal Williams until Amon Ross St. Brown comes back. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it, this offense is freaking awesome. They are, they're, so they are, good. they have the number one offense and the worst ranked defense. Yeah. They are. Insane. They have to be the best offense because their defense is so bad. So let me you know, give you a counterpoint on that real quick. If you are, or if you are a New England Patriots running back owner, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson, start them this week. Start them. I am starting. Good I'm, point. I'm, I'm making. Good point. I'm, I'm starting Ramondre Stevenson. Rashad Penny just went for 160 yards and two touchdowns against them. They give up running touchdowns to everyone's grandmothers like it they are bad against the run the defense is just bad in general but they are bad against the run on the flip side of that unscripted here but start new england patriots running backs because they are going to do well for you in your fantasy leagues yeah really good point because while you were saying that i just scored a rushing touchdown against the lions yeah so. you did yeah congratulations dude it's your first one thank of the year. you i tied my season high yeah nice 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 <laughs> let's jump into studs and duds here to close out the show wes who's your stud for week five you guys i'm not even i'm not even kidding i think this could be the biggest blowout of the season i this bills steelers game oh my gosh oh. the stud is the bills defense i love it oh, holy <laughs> cow first of all so as you know when we say stud and dud we look at the projections the Bills even only projected eight and a half points. Get out of here with that. Against Kenny Pickett? Come on with this. Even here's the thing. I'm so certain of this. Even if they were projected 20 points, I would still call them a stud. This is going to be an insane game. And look, the Bills blew out the Titans 41 to 7. I still, I still think. This game is going to be a bigger blowout because this has got to be the worst offensive line against one of the most impressive defenses in the last five or 10 years. I 
I cannot wait. We're Dolphins fans. I cannot wait to watch that game. (laughs) That is going to be insane. There's, I don't have to explain anything more. Rookie quarterback who has a terrible offensive line, no rushing game. Forget it, dude. They're going to, they're going to have like 15 sacks. It's going to be insane. I would I would trade to get the Bills defense just for this week. Wow, I uh, not, yeah, I think you sold me on it. I I almost want to try and send a trade out for the Bills defense for this week. Just send they an could, offer some uh, like a bench player they're in need of a position at for just your the current defense you have, and right. and 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 and, the, and another player for the Bills defense. It'd yeah. be insane. Oh. I I. So last week we saw how, you know, TJ Hawkinson was your game winner. Like if you started him, he got you those 40 points that won you a game. Just, I mean, to give you some context of what happened to me, I started TJ Hawkinson because I listened to my co-host Noah Selby and he said, start TJ Hawkinson. I did. I last week, week four, I played Tua, Jalen Waddle and Khalil Herbert and Dalvin cook. And I think all together, they got me like, 20 points i yeah. still won i still won because tj hoggins got me 40 points this is what the bills defense is gonna do i think you were going to win single-handedly because of the bills defense i love Ship it. it i love it i want to see a 30 point week from a defense and i hope I we wait. see it this week i love it wes yeah with kenny pickett with how bad that line is you know they they props to Tomlin or maybe not props. I don't know for just committing here because Kenny Pickett has a rough start to his starting NFL yeah. career right now. The bills this week, the bucks next week, the dolphins the week after that, and the Eagles the week after that. Some oh, of the best defenses. <laughs> Someone make sure Kenny Pickett's family is okay, because that is going to be terrifying uh. for him. I love Kenny it. P, you're going to die. Defense, a stud for week five. RIP uh, Kenny P. Uh, let me hear your studly stud for week five. five. I am. <laughs> I, I am thrilled to share my stud of week five because as we can recall, as we've talked about a little bit, there's been some up and downs. It's been a bit of a roller coaster with this guy, but back in June, I texted you Wes. And I said, watch out for Damian Pierce. (gasps) And let me tell you what Damian Pierce is a stud for week five. He is my stud of the week for week five. He goes up against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's showing up just how we hoped that he would over the past two weeks. Uh, He's averaging 22 points a game over the past two weeks. He has received 89% of the running back carries over the mm. last two weeks for this team, the backfield is completely his. He is getting all the work in that Texans running back room. He has over 80 yards and a touchdown in each of his last two games. He's averaging 6.2 yards per carry over the last two weeks. Here's a hell of a stat for you. Wow. Damian Pierce has 301 yards after contact this season. Per next gen stats. Shut the front door. 301 yards after contact this season. Damian Pierce has 313 rushing yards on the season. 
All but 12 of his rushing yards have been after contact. He is a beast. He's a beast. This week he goes up against the Jaguars, who had just allowed 210 rushing yards to Eagles rushers, 134 yards to Miles Sanders alone. The Jaguars are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to running backs, allowing an average of 17.6 fantasy points per game. Damian Pierce is projected just 13.2 fantasy points this week. Pierce is going to blow past that. And Wes, yeah. mark my words. Oh, my gosh. Damian Pierce will finish as a top three running back in fantasy football this week. I would not be surprised. I was going to be like, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, you weirdo. But I thought about it. I was like, probably, actually. Top three. I, I, and I almost wanted to say he will be the top scoring running back in fantasy this week. But I think. Give yourself some buffer. Appreciate I it. I think there's a chance that the guy running on the other team, both these Texans and Jaguars run defenses suck. And so I think James Robinson could be up there with him in that top three, potentially, but Damian Pierce will finish as a top three running back in fantasy football this week. Mark my words. I, at first, I mean, I was all in and I still am all in, but I want to share my roller coaster emotions as you were sharing that, because at first I was like, uh, H E double hockey stick. Yeah, dude. (laughs) <laughs> this guy is freaking awesome. He's been great. I'm I'm fortunate to have him in one league, and I'm looking forward to starting him and seeing what he continues to do. And then I thought, well, it's Jacksonville. I'm not – they've been pretty good. And I thought, well, I mean, yeah, the Eagles just ran it down their throats, but it was a weather game. And then I thought it was a weather game. All they could do was run. How do they not stop the run? And so I think, yeah. Probably this, this may actually be, I think Jacksonville is still good. I think they're good on both sides of the ball. I think they're actually one of the better teams in the AFC, but I think there's a real good shot that Damian Pierce breaks a long one, especially after that stat over 300 yards after contact. Yeah. 301 after contact. And he is 313 on the season. Yeah. He is is a animal. He is a wrecking ball. Try and tackle him. You won't get him down. He is killing it, dude. Do they killing play it. the Do they play the uh, the Vikings, the Lions? I I, I can check. Let's, I I would think so. If they do, oh my gosh, that's going to be fifty. He's going to break. He's going to break records. Yeah, he is going to break records wow. if he gets them in that lineup. But love it. I, I I all that being said, again, I love me some Damian Pierce. I am starting. I'm starting Damian Pierce over. I'm starting Damian Pierce over Dalvin Cook in a league this week. Oh my gosh. That is how much I believe in this guy. Whoa. Who's your other running back, if I can ask, that you uh Joe Mixon. are locking in? Oh my gosh. I've got Joe Mixon and then I, I have Dalvin Cook that I am putting on my bench for Damian Pierce. Who's your flex? I'm gonna pry here. Um hang on, let me go like, let me open this up. Like because it's fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you I'm willing, I'm willing to wait for this answer because this is a bold statement. Like I believe Damian Pierce will be great, but this is referring back to last episode with our would you rather and the questions on Dalvin Cook that you're at a point where you're willing to sit Dalvin Cook. Yeah, my flex is Mike Evans. Oh, after the week he had and probably not having at least Julio, if not Godwin as well. Yeah, he's probably going to have a pretty good game. Yeah. Well, wow. actually, my, my, hey. my flex is T. Higgins, but it's it's uh, 
Just I just moved that around because he's playing on Sunday night. Pro tip, if you got players playing later in the week, put them in your flex spot because if something goes wrong, you don't want to have that flex spot locked up. You want to be able to have uh, flexibility as far as being able to put in a running back or a wide receiver or a tight end in that spot to get you the most fantasy points that you can. Anyways. And that's Noah's pro tip on Thursday. Noah's pro Thursday tip. pro tip or pro Friday tip. pro tip. Pro tip for fourth and Joe fantasy. Wes, let's get sad before we close the show. Who is sure. your dud for week five? I'm going to stick in the same game that I talked about with Bill Steelers. And I'm going to say that I think Deontay Johnson is going to be a dud. Yep. Because it's just going to be a difficult game all around for the Steelers. And I think the very best Kenny Pickett can do is just not turn the ball over. Yeah. He will. (laughs) He will a lot. But I think there's something to be said about who he can be and what he's going to try to do. And I think what he wants to try to, I'm just kind of making a, a, not a shot, a shot in the dark, but I'm just trying to feel out the way the game plan may go. And this is, I think he's going to try to get the ball just to, he's just going to try to get completions. He's going to just try to get completions. And as we've talked about many times, Deontay Johnson was such a beast last year for PPR purposes only because Ben Roethlisberger hyper-targeted him. Well, we've been seeing that with Mitch Trubisky, and Deontay Johnson has been regularly getting loads of targets. But now, I don't know. It's, it's, I just don't, I don't think Deontay Johnson, he's projected 13 and a half points. I just don't see him getting that. Even if he gets five catches, I still think he's going to have, you know, 30 yards or something. Like, it's just going to be slow going for the Steelers. It's going to be rough. If... I'll say this. If Kenny even gets a pass off, it's my goodness. Uh, SPBD O-line there in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I was actually, I blanket statement all Steelers for that, but I'm going to sp- specify Deontay Johnson because I think he has been the most valuable uh, Pittsburgh Steelers player so far this season. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. You know, Deontay Johnson is my bust of the year and i think you know that the you know the train for that really starts going right now especially with kenny pickett going into this tough schedule i think Deontay johnson's probably gonna probably let you down a lot over the next four weeks at least with these tough matchups but i agree with you wes he is going to be a dud i really can't wait to watch this game gosh yeah it's gonna be a good one Gosh, looking forward to it. All right, let's close out the show, Noah, with your dud of week five. Yeah, my dud is going to be Marquise Hollywood Brown, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. Really? He goes up. Listen, he's he again, he's been awesome. Wide receiver six on the year right now, averaging 19 points per game with his college quarterback under center. He's been super solid. Marquise is third in the league in targets this season, just behind Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. I wonder why it's because of the Cardinals get down and they have to throw a crap ton to try and keep up in the games. Uh, he's got, but he's got a 27% target share and he's, he's Kyler's go-to man right now on this offense. It's all about the opponent here though. I know, he, you know, I just sang praises of him and his opportunities, but it's all about the opponent. We see how good the Eagles defense is on paper. It may not seem like a terrible matchup, you know, I, but I do expect Marquise Brown to get a little bit of a shadow from Darius Slay. Uh, Marquise Brown lines up on the left side of the field 
90% of the time he's running a route. That's where Darius Slay is. And 73% of the time he's on that left side of the field, he is lined up out wide. Darius Slay won't necessarily come into that slot with him. He'll Darius Slay will stay outside. But 73% of the time he is running a route, Marquise Brown is on lined up out wide on that left side, and that is where Darius Slay is going to be. We just saw Justin Jefferson get locked down on that side of the field with Darius Slay covering him. You know, the red carpet has been rolled out for Hollywood so far this season, but nice. I think Darius Slay is going to shut down Marquise Brown and give Marquise Brown owners a dud this week. You know, if you've got him, you got to start him because, again, you know, we see these targets going in garbage time and all it really takes. We haven't seen Marquise Brown really be that deep threat yet. All it takes is Kyler hitting him a deep one down the field for your fantasy day to still be good from excuse me from Marquise Brown but I'm going to temper expectations here and I think Darius Slay is going to go ahead and give him a bit of a rough week I was trying to remember who the Eagles played in week three do you recall that because week one was the Lions and Amon Ross St. Brown was fantastic but since then if I'm not mistaken if I can remember who the week three opponent was Eagles in week three went up against the Washington Commanders. Oh, yeah. That was a terrible game. Right. None of them did well. Yeah. So since after Monroe St. Brown exploded, Darius Slay has been shut down. Like even Christian Kirk, who has actually been a wonderful surprise in fantasy. Nobody, no wide receiver one has succeeded against Darius Slay. And as far as I'm concerned, that's just going to continue to be the case until – he gets burned deep on some mysterious play. I mean, I think, I think it's hard to start a wide receiver one against Darius Slay in that Eagles defense, except, I mean, you know, if you are a Justin Jefferson owner, you are someone with a high profile top five fantasy pick, you're of course going to have to start him. But I think this is just going to be the way with Darius Slay. I'm praising Darius Slay more than I am putting down Marquise Brown. Is that what yeah. you're saying too? Okay. Same. More, more or less. Yeah. I just think it, it, like I said, Marquise Brown has been awesome. He's getting the targets, he's getting the opportunities. He's Kyler's guy, but it's about the matchup here. And Darius Slay, I believe is going to just lock down Marquise Brown. He's going to, He's going to roll back up that red carpet for Hollywood. (laughs) Nice one. (laughs) All right. That's going to be all the time we have for this episode. What a great way to end it here. Wherever you're listening, we'd appreciate it if you gave this episode five stars and write something funny in the review so we can give you a shout out next time. We're on social media everywhere at 4th and Troll. We're on Facebook at 4th and Troll Fantasy. Look for our mascot, Tidy the Troll, and make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time every Tuesday and Friday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy.